Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and in the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis, mm-hmm. back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Broadway Cast is a weekly podcast that brings the pages of Playbill to life and delivers it directly to theater fans around the world. On every episode, we'll feature Broadway news and exclusive stories from the most notable Broadway personalities. Additionally, the Broadway Cast will give a voice to fans like they've never had before. On today's episode, we celebrate Pride with Jen Colella, Andrew Keenan Bolger, and Jay Harrison G. Before we meet our panelists, let's get our fingers firmly on the Playbill Pulse. It's been a big week on Broadway, and here to give us the scoop on the latest and the greatest is Playbill Senior Features Editor Ruthie Fearberg. Hi, Ben. How are you this week? Oh, I'm in really good spirits. I'm happy to be talking about Pride. I wore polka dots today. I wore stripes. You know, actually, we're, uh, we're, we're, we're a good little pair. We're both into bold, bright patterns. So let's talk. Last week was all Tonys all the time. Yes, it was. Yeah, but we're revitalized. And we're hungry for more, so feed us, Ruthie. Well, What's I mean, going on? Broadway never stops, so luckily no. there's lots to talk about. Um, we just found out recently that, sadly, Cats is closing at the end of the year. Let's all have a moment of silence for Cats. I know. it's it's, But you know what? That's the thing about a new season starting is that, you know, some things go, so new things can come in. So we'll have to wait and see what's going to come into the Neil Simon. But... In the idea of, you know, closings, bringing new beginnings, it's going to launch a tour. So people on the road are going to get to see Cats, a whole new generation out nationwide. On Your Feet just announced its tour casting. It's closing on Broadway in August, but... Christy Pradis, who is actually a swing in the Broadway cast, is going to take over full-time the Gloria Stefan role that Ana Villafanye plays, and she was just here last week. So that's yep. really exciting. I love those stories. I love people rising up through the ranks and taking over. Like I know. That. It's that's just great. That's very much, I feel like, the Broadway way. The so, Broadway. The Broadway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we have that. Um, there was talk this week about some new musicals that are being written. Um, Diana, the new musical about Princess Diana, um, that is hoping to be Broadway bound. It's the same team from Memphis, which is really exciting. It's Joe DiPietro, David Bryan from Bon Jovi, you know, that little band. Mm -hmm. And Tony winning director Christopher Ashley. So we're going to get that trio 
back on Broadway, hopefully. Yeah. Gosh, there was even more casting news. Um, Steve Pasquale is coming back to Broadway in a straight play by Ayad Akhtar, who wrote the Pulitzer Prize-winning Disgraced, one of my most favorite plays I've ever seen. It was incredible. Um, And his new play is called Junk, and it will star Steve Pasquale, who, in the domino effect, he was supposed to do the performance of Brigadoon at City Center this coming fall with Kelly O'Hara, reuniting, um, you know, Bridges of Madison County, which was really exciting. But when he bowed out, we're going to have to settle, oh, no, dear Lord, help me, Patrick Wilson. That's really exciting. And then tonight, we have the Jimmy Awards tonight. Tell us what the Jimmy Awards are. The Jimmy Awards are the National High School Musical Theater Awards. There are kids from all 50 states who won their musical theater high school competition and the winners of the state competition, so a male and a female high school performer, uh, they all come here to compete for the National High School Musical Theater Awards, named for Jimmy Niederlander. Just a couple years ago. I was just going to say, gave us a little star named Eva Noblezada. She actually didn't win in her year. Uh, 2013, she was, a, she was a finalist, but she didn't win the overall award, but that just goes to show it's not all about winning. We call it the Adam Lambert effect. You know, I love that. I love Mm -hmm. that. So, yeah. So now she's like a major star on Broadway, Tony nominee for Miss Saigon. Mm -hmm. So who knows what this year's Jimmy's will bring. And then, of course, we finished up Pride. And, you know, a week ago was Broadway Bears winning (sighs) at winning, earning one point five seven million dollars for Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. And I would call that winning. I mean, definitely that much money for Broadway Cares Equity (laughs) Fights AIDS is definitely hashtag winning. Yeah. So director Nick Kangle did a phenomenal job with this year's show. Um, it was called Strip You, and it was all college-themed. It was crazy and exciting, and it just keeps getting bigger and more extravagant with aerial performers. And check out Playbill.com for all the videos of those performances because it's just incredible. Thank you so much, Ruthie. We're going to let you get back out there and fight the good fight. Can't wait to talk to you again next week. Thanks for having me. Give it up for Ruthie Fearberg. And now, my friends, let's get on with the show. Give my regards to Broadway. A lullaby of Broadway. There's a kid in the middle of nowhere who's sitting there living for Tony performances, singing and flipping along with the Pippins and Wiggins and Kinkies, Matildas and Mormonses. So we might reassure that kid and do something to spur that kid. Because I promise you, all of us up here tonight, we were that kid. And now we're bigger. The truest statement of any song ever, every one of us here, we were that kid. Hello, you Broadway maniacs. You, it's your Broadway buddy, Ben Cameron, and you were listening to Playbill Presents the Broadway Cast. We are recording live in Midtown Manhattan, the heart of the theater district, and we are very proud tonight to welcome an incredible panel. See what I did there? We're very proud to welcome this mm-hmm. panel. Sitting to my immediate right, super excited to have her. She is a Drama Desk winner, Tony-nominated star of Come From Away, also a star on Broadway in Urban Cowboy, High Fidelity, Chaplin, Closer Than Ever, Lucky Guy, If Then, the one, the only, Jen Colella is here. Suddenly I'm in the cockpit. I got to tell you the number of times that I have listened to that song. I'm I'm obsessed. 
I'm a crazy person. <laughs> Welcome. How are you today? I'm great, man. Thanks yeah. for having me. Um, I got to see you for just a hot second on the Tony's red carpet a little mm-hmm. bit. How Were you able to process the whole night? How was the experience for you, Tony Knight? It was extraordinary. No, I have not finished processing that yeah. entire night. That was a dream come true. What was the highlight, do you think? The highlight was like looking to my right and seeing Pasek and Paul, uh, and then looking to my left and seeing Christian Borle, and then over one interviewer's shoulder was my mom's sweet face poking over. It, it was like pure love around me. And it was also like 100 degrees on the red carpet, and I'm from South Carolina, mm-hmm. so I was awesome. Like, I felt like a <laughs> lizard on a rock. I was like, I got this. It was incredible. Hashtag lizard <laughs> on a rock. I don't know. I was I was damp from the neck down. That was fantastic. And you, you seemed so cool as a cucumber. Thanks, man. Well, congratulations. <laughs> Seated next to her, we have the star of Kinky Boots on Broadway. He plays Lola. Please welcome Jay Harrison G. Back it up. Welcome no flat tire. Back it up. Six inches higher. Just embrace it. Just embrace it. Every bit of it. Every bit of it. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you've had a big week uh, at the Broadway Bears, didn't you? Yeah, it was my first Bears. I'd never been to a show, never seen, and it was my, I was doing it. How on earth is it possible that you missed Broadway Bears up to this point? I don't know. Well, I've been on tour for two and a half years with Kinky Boots, so that was part of the reason, but um, I was so excited to be a part of Broadway Bears this year and doing such amazing fundraising for Broadway Cares. And why not just jump into starring in, I mean, in your in your own number? You know, being the professor of feminism, as I recall. Yes, yes. Yeah, you can catch that video. Check that out on Playbill. And rounding out our panel: actor, singer, author, director, and damn good-looking fella. He's starred in *Susical*, *Christmas Carol*, *Mary Poppins*, *Newsies*, *Tuck Everlasting*, to name just a few. This is Andrew Keenan Bolger. At the top, at the top, at the top of the world, there you know for certain you're alive and you are free. So follow me to the top of the world. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Andrew. How's it going? Welcome to the Broadway cast. Thank you so much. I'm feeling very prideful today. Yeah, well, you're looking good, and I'm feeling prideful. So have you ever done the Broadway Bears experience? Uh, I have gone many a time. I have never participated. I don't believe you for Just a second. Just waiting to be asked. I can't believe that's possible that they haven't asked you to do that. I know. That. I've been really slutty on Instagram, too. I'm surprised. This is very strange. Come on. I've already put in my bid. On the Instagram, that's a whole other language that I don't speak. I feel like I'm just this much too old to fully understand what the Instagram is all about. Um, Jen, have you had an experience at the Broadway Bears? I have. I made one cameo, um, gosh, I don't know, a few years back, which was really, really fun. The first year I went, I thought we were all supposed to wear not a lot of clothing. (laughs) So, like, I remember my girlfriend at the time picked me up, and I was wearing a dress that was just straps, and she fell to the ground. Like, bueno. Okay, good. We're good. good. That's what we call committing to the gag. Okay. When you're like, listen, we're we're dressing for the occasion. You're like, I'm showed up. Let's do it. We're doing this. uh, Ladies and gentlemen, if you ever in New York City in June and Broadway Bears happen, to be coinciding with your trip. You oh. simply must make the trip. That's it right. will change your life. It's an experience. It'll, mm-hmm. it'll blow your mind, and it may just change you for good. I don't <laughs> oh. know. I see what you did there. Oh, you see, it was like a toss, little... Toss, toss. It was... Oh, even better. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the wicked references are flying left, right, and center. It is the Pride episode. I guess <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. All right. Let's have some fun. Just to get started, it's time for... Drumroll, please. A Playbill Pop quiz. That's right. Just when you thought it was safe to come out and have a civilized conversation, it is game time. So this is how it's going to work. (laughs) 
We're going to go down the panel. I'll be giving each of you a topic. We'll put 20 seconds on the big clock. There's no clock. And we'll ask you to name as many answers within the theme as you can. Remember, each answer is worth 2,000 points, and the points mean absolutely nothing. Wait, we win nothing. Um, you win the experience. We're of, just doing this for fun. You can't put a price on fun. We're just you absolutely fun. can't. Okay. Fun, yeah, absolutely. Great. Okay, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do some sound effects. This is her. Jen, <laughs> come back. I've got a buck fifty in my pocket. <laughs> okay, I'm in. I'm, oh, she's in. Okay. Jen, are you ready to start us off? Yeah, man. Okay. So, Jen, we're going to ask you to name in 20 seconds as many LGBTQ characters in the musical theater canon as possible. Do you accept the challenge? No. All right. <laughs> and that makes me even more oh, excited. Are you ready? Ridiculous. Okay. Get set. Great. Ready, go. Alphabet. Great. <laughs> Uh, Captain Beverly Bass, uh, Tuck Everlasting. Uh, yeah, that's good. Charlie from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That little kid's definitely gay. Um, Willy Wonka. I know, I know for a fact that Christian isn't gay, but we all kind of want him to be. Yeah. Um, Don't we just? Is that time? Are we at time? You're perfect. That was exactly right. I just you got to start off alphabet. <laughs> That was every single gay character in musical theater. You Thank got you. all of them oh, absolutely you so right. Thank you. I did better than I thought I would. Yeah. <laughs> Jay, are you ready? Oh, God. Is it's, it the same category? It's a whole new category. Okay, I'm still going to be bad Because you could have stolen all of her correct answers. <laughs> <laughs> you would have led with Alpha, but we would have ended with Charlie. Yeah, Charlie yeah, the Chocolate yeah. Factory. Oh, oh, I'm going to have to take a deep breath for that one. All right. Yours is, in 20 seconds, name for us as many expletives that somebody might yell at a stage during a fabulous performance. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. On your marks. Wait, oh God. Uh, mm. On your marks. Get set. Go. Yes. Work. Um. Queen. Uh. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. Yeah. I like this. This this removes oh, the need for a clock. Actually, this just having the oh like gosh. our internal clocks oh, turn God. off. We're done. All right. Uh, Andrew, you know that means it's your turn oh, now. No. Okay. Oh, this is the worst. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is this is really working for me actually. Um. Mm-hmm. I want you to name for me as many Broadway show tunes that could also be gay pride anthems. Oh, sure. As possible. On your marks. Get set. Go. I am what I am. Sex Boom. in the hill. Boom. Sex is in the hill. Um, Ring of keys. Boom. My God. Um, Feel free to chime in anyone else. Define Jesus. gravity. Define uh-huh. gravity. Something Thank you. Home. Thank yeah. you. I've got a golden ticket. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Me and this guy. Yeah. Oh, I love Little you. lamb from Gypsy. <laughs> you actually got 4,000 points for oh, that answer. Yeah. Yes. So, hashtag winning. Yes. This oh. is like, this should be so easy. It's like when Billy Eichner's like, name one white person. And everyone's like, Michael Jackson. Oh, nobody can speak. Once the pressure's on, oh, forget oh, about no, it. It's terrible. All you feel is sweat yeah. coming down into your yeah. eyes, which, let's be honest, burns. Oh and that must be how the drag queens feel when RuPaul is like, the time has come for you to live sing for your life. Oh, oh my gosh. Like, their <laughs> portal drag queen hearts yeah. must be beating out of their corseted yeah. chests. Absolutely. Oh All right. Well, now, friends, now that we've gotten that out of the way, that very important bit of information, let's start at the very beginning. It's a good place to start. I thought you'd think so. Want to talk about some of your very earliest theater memories. Um, First things that you saw, things you took inspiration from. What was the moment or the show that you said, that is what I want to be a part of? When I was a kid, um, I don't know how. We had this VHS of a production of Porgy and Bess. And I would sit and watch it incessantly. There was something that was just so fascinating about this group of black people on this television, and it was a black and white film, 
And I was just like, this is captivating. And I loved it. I didn't know the story. I didn't know what was happening. I was like six years old. Mm -hmm. But I was just like, this is amazing. And like, I can never forget watching Porgy and Bess as a little kid. I love that. Yeah. And Andrew? it's one of my favorites. Um, I think the musical that I think really solidified the power of musical theater to me was when I saw Ragtime. Uh, I went and saw like the Out of Town in Toronto because I really liked the concept album, um, <laughs> pushing up my glasses on my nose. But I think along in the same lines and with the theme of this episode, I think it was one of the first musicals that I really saw theater as a tool for social change. Mm. And I think it depicted a lot of issues that were present at the turn of the century and still right in the foreground today. Um, and yeah, it was incredibly powerful. Did you, were you in Ragtime? I was. I yeah. later went on to go do it too. Well, what, I mean, how does that feel when you, right. when you see that and it affects you so deeply and the next thing you yeah. know, you're on stage doing it? I mean, I feel like a little bit, I was spoiled because at the age of 12, I feel like I was a part of one of the greatest musicals that there was. But I also think doing that at some, such a young age and I think not for nothing being like a little white kid who grew up around so many self-actualized people of color um, I think that was important and I think made me really want to continue doing it. I'm glad you did. Do you know what I was doing at 12? I was standing on the high dive at the local pool singing Javert Suicide. That's <laughs> oh what God. I was doing. The entire thing <laughs> top to bottom. There is no way to go on. And I was a chubby kid, so it was a big splash at the end. Oh, that's ridiculous. And Come a on. big splash, not in the way that we hope for a big splash today. Um, Jen Colella. My answer is so much less cool than uh, my colleagues here. Uh, I saw Phantom of the Opera when I was in high school, and I was in the front mezzanine, and it was like one of those moments where I thought I was going to fall over. Oh. I was taken so much by the spectacle of it. I grew up in South Carolina in a small town, Somerville, and we didn't have a lot of theater there, so I had never seen a big production of anything at all, and I was mesmerized. I couldn't believe what was in front of me, and at the same time, I felt like I should be a part of it. Yeah, and I think that's a very cool answer, frankly. <laughs> Thanks, I, man. As, Thanks. as a Phantom of the Opera fanatic <laughs> right myself. Um, so as we, we talked with, with Andrew about going into ragtime, from your inspirational moments where you were like, I want to be in there, let's go back to the community theater or the where. what were your first roles? What were the first shows you got to do? I played Gertie in a garage in, in Oklahoma. I had braces, and I like nailed the laugh and was really, really happy about being in my first comedic role, and that was it for me. But that grounded. I was in, that I, was it. There were tens of people that saw me do it. <laughs> <laughs> and they remember it to this day. Jay? Um, tenth grade, I was the tin man in The Wiz. I was um, hoping you'd say that. Yeah. And I didn't know how to tap. I spray painted a pair of old Stacey Adams dress shoes I had and like shuffled around on stage. Oh. And my brother after the show was like, when did you learn to tap, dude? That was amazing. <gasps> Like fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make <laughs> yeah, it. Good it's, lesson. It's happening sometimes on Broadway to this very day. Absolutely. Did now, when you guys were doing your early productions, and and sometimes kids, I think, who are in the theater, it can be a tough go. It's not always the most popular thing to do. And and I think in the theme of of our program today, um, did you ever find that that brought up some resistance from your peers and and d feelings of being different? And and did you and how did you deal with that if that was the case? If anything, I, I felt different, and then I kind of 
went to the theater group to to be more included. Um, I wasn't ever very cool, um, but I had a big mouth and I liked to be funny. And so that was the way I was trying to be cool with people. And then it wasn't until I found this creative group of loving, inclusive people that I thought, oh, here are my people. I don't have to be anything except for myself. And it was very, very important. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Very much the same. I, it was it was a safe place, and I'm sure like at most people's schools, the fine arts was all kind of put in one area of the school anyway. So I just kind of rotated from band to chorus to the theater yes. room, and it was like you stayed in that safe place. And like, okay, you go to lunch on the other side of the school, but then come back to where you know home is, mm. and it's like you feel safe. You take that quick journey to Mordor, yeah. <laughs> grab your lunch, and run like the Dickens back yeah. to the safety of the circle of the yeah. band room, choir room, right. yeah. and the drama room. Yeah. Yeah. Are you in a show? I know you are. Do you want to add some Broadway flair to your school or community theater production? Well, PlayBuilder lets you build your very own Broadway-quality Playbill program. Each Playbill is fully customizable for your production. Dates, song title, cast names, production credits, artwork, and even advertising. It's a great way to promote your show, raise money for your organization, and create a professional, printable program. Save valuable time with PlayBuilder Express. Select from thousands of pre-populated programs in our database and simply begin to customize your production's Playbill. Visit PlayBuilder.com to learn how you can create your own Playbill today. So now, you know, as you as as professionals and, and people who uh, who get to star um, in Broadway shows, um, how is it to feel as, as self-actualized people knowing that you're providing these opportunities for youngsters who get to come see you now? I mean, I think it's amazing. I remember so vividly the productions that I saw when I was a kid. And I think largely if you look at my career, a lot of what I've done is theater for young audiences. And I think it's because they are the best viewers. They don't come in critical. They come in to enjoy it. They're the best listeners. And knowing that a production that you do can have a really lasting effect on someone. Like I remember seeing like a some crummy community theater production of Sound of Music and thinking those people were stars. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So the fact that people can come see a show like Newsies or Mary Poppins and it's probably their first experience uh, with that genre, it can have an incredibly lasting effect. Yeah, you got to think too, in, in every audience, there's somebody who's at the theater for the first time, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Who you never know what the effect of that is going to be. Um, moving into Pride Month, and it's an exciting time, certainly for Playbill, as the Pride Playbill covers are out now. We've replaced standard Playbill Yellow with those fantastic uh, rainbow banners. So I want to talk to you guys about the first time you opened up a Playbill, the Playbill, and saw yourselves in there, your name. What was the effect on you there? I mean, huge. Like, that's it. That's the whole thing. That, that was the dream of, like, looking immediately, look for my headshot, and, like, there I am. And then I wrote the bio, but I still have to read the whole thing. <laughs> I wrote this, like, days yeah. ago, but I have to see it with all the other people whom I so deeply respect and admire. Um, I also remember the first time it was, a, like, uh, Where the Stars Eat. What is it? It's like, you know. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Right? Right, right? The good news was is that I got a free meal. They were Come like, on. oh, if you go there, you get a free meal. Word. So it was awesome. It was incredible. Yeah, well, I yeah. think you've earned that. You yeah, thanks. I, I, I keep trying to do that. I go yeah. in and say, I'm supposed to have a free meal because in 2002, remember how you guys, they don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew? Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible seeing all your sort of hard work. I even, I remember too when Playbill first did the rainbow banner. Mm-hmm. I remember saving that program. I still have that. I think I was in Newsies at the time and 
thinking how cool it must be that there are probably a lot of queer and questioning kids in the audience being able to walk into a Broadway theater and like feel like there's an option and there's a community out there that's already waiting to support you when you decide to make that decision. I love that. They walk in and can feel celebrated. Wait, this is Come on. Mm, That's right. This is part of me. I guess I'm cool here. Yeah. Absolutely. I I think my first playbill was actually one I was in on tour and I kept that one and I was like so excited about it. But then I was like, now I'm on Broadway. I have to keep one from Broadway too. And then <laughs> yeah. the Pride one came out and I like went into the audience mm-hmm. and the ushers were like, Do you need anything? I was like, just a playbill. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm just gonna take thirty or forty of these and put them in my <laughs> bag. Do you guys keep your playbills? Do you have I like keep a stash? All from e- it's it's an unbelievable. Yeah. I have the huge, huge thing in my closet. It used to be one box, and now it's over flooding. Like I don't know what to do. What are we doing with them? Like what do we do? They're memories. I have to have them. You yeah. have to have them, right? Yeah. I think you panel your den with them. Yeah, oh, <laughs> some, lovely idea. Or, or some decoupaging. Okay. I think you I get like cr- I think you get crafty with it. <laughs> Just I want to give a general question. Um, what does pride mean to you? It's something I've, I've said a lot recently, and I took it from a friend of mine, and it's the reason that I am a part of the person I am today, is pride is about living in your truth, and whatever that is. It doesn't have to make sense to anyone else. And you don't have to validate it, you know, get it, validation from anyone. It's about living in your truth and being happy in that and finding peace with that. Um, and that's what is so joyous about this time of year for me is seeing people live so happily and so freely. Um, and it's something we should be able to do every day of the year. It shouldn't necessarily have to be a month. Um, pride is something that lives through you. Um, that's how I That was a great it. answer. Mm-hmm. That's a very really well good said. answer. Mm-hmm. For me, it feels like I... I'm working diligently to be proud of every aspect of who I am. Obviously, as a mostly gay woman, which is how I identify, um, I I was nervous at first to just come out as gay. I was told I shouldn't come out as gay. And then uh, I realized that sometimes I like boys, too. And so that felt ner- I was nervous because my gay friends were like, wait, you're a lesbian friend. I'm like, I want to be that, but I'm not always that, mm. you know. Um, and I'm realizing that it's, it's about being proud of who I am in each moment and trusting that that can shift and move and that it's fluid and uh, that that feels totally fine. I think pride is the willingness to celebrate the things that we've told should be condemned. Um, I feel like right now there's a really interesting conversation on whether or not it's okay to be celebrating this month Uh, because I feel like there is so much work to be done in Washington and a lot of people are saying like don't don't wave your flag and like get drunk with your friends like go to your lawmakers and i think yes of course that's true but i also think that right now sometimes just being who you are is the greatest form of protest Mm -hmm. and uh if you look historically like at the stonewall riots for what they were it was people who were standing up and saying that they are not ashamed of who they were and i think that we need to celebrate that legacy so this month i will totally be Slinging my rosé, blasting my Diana Ross. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. And occasionally, if I need to pick up a phone and call a senator, I'll do that too. But there's no reason you right can't on. do both. We can yeah. do both. I absolutely love That's that. Um, okay, because this is a very special episode, uh, we have arranged for a very special call-in guest. Oh. And Ooh. we haven't told you guys about it at all, but we think that you're going to like it. Hello. Are, are you there, special surprise guest? Uh, I'm here. It's nice to hear from you, Mr. Rory O'Malley. Yay! Oh! 
Hi, guys. I knew that was going to be the reaction. Always good to hear your voice, brother. What's up, man? Oh, it's so good to hear your superstar. <laughs> <laughs> she's having a she's having a good time these days, isn't she? It it I'm I'm in San Francisco. I am in the uh, lobby of the Orpheum Theater oh. while everyone is on stage rehearsing for our, our Tony Award-winning music director Alex Lackamore and our choreographer Andy Blankenbuehler. They just picked up their Tonys and came here to give us notes. So well, that's a, that's a big day. Uh, we have rehearsal all day, but um, I don't know if you know this. The king doesn't do too much in the show. So <laughs> if you yeah, if you're if you're if you're unawares out there, <laughs> the Broadway cast listeners, Rory's currently playing King George in the national touring production of. Hamilton. Never heard of it. Yeah, which made all of our listeners' hair stand up on the back of their necks. Um, so how is San Francisco treating you, Rory? San Francisco's amazing. It is. It was such a honor to get to do it on Broadway and get to be a part of it because I was coming into it as a fan. I saw it off-Broadway and, and just thought it was amazing, as everyone else did. So getting to do it there was so out of body it was an out of body experience but coming to do it in san francisco has been amazing in a completely different way because the entire city has been waiting for it and is just so excited and uh they've really welcomed us with open arms so it's been a real treat and and how long are you in san francisco uh we're here for another seven weeks we we are here for five months total so we've been here we got here february 28th and uh, it's like a five-month sit-down, and then we go to Los Angeles for another five months. Well, that's the way to hard tour. Gig. Yeah, it's yeah, hard being you. Really. Yeah, tough luck, buddy. I, for some of us who have been on the bus and truck one night or tour, the third year of the Who's Tommy, where you oh get God. to maybe have one pinball machine if you're in Poughkeepsie. I know. I... So, Rory, we're talking obviously about pride today, and I know that equality and pride is a very big part of your heart. And I know that you were instrumental in the organization Broadway Impact. And I would love to just have you tell us a little bit about Broadway Impact. Yeah, well, um, back in 2008, way, way back in the day, as I tell all my Hamilton castmates were all 23 years old, it was a, a, a really exciting time because everyone was, you know, campaigning for Barack Obama. And I went home to... Cleveland, where I grew up and, and worked on his campaign and learned how to run phone banks and go door to door for a candidate. And on election night in 2008, it was really exciting because he won, but Prop 8 passed in California and stopped gay people from being allowed to get married. Mm-hmm. And the entire Broadway community was up in arms, and rightly so. And I got together with Gavin Creel and our good friend Jenny Canellos. And we just started going to different gay organizations around New York City, asking them what the Broadway community could do. And they said, just write to your state assemblyman, do what everybody else is doing. And we kept saying, but you don't understand. The Broadway community is capable of so much. And we really think that, you know, you should be utilizing us in a specific way to get the word out about marriage equality. And we realized that if we wanted that to happen, we were going to have to organize it ourselves. So we started an organization called Broadway Impact, and it really was just a letter-writing campaign. We would go to Wicked or different shows and show them writing letters to their state senators and assemblymen about marriage equality. 
And then it turned into a rally on 6th Avenue, and uh, the cast of Hair would perform. And Cynthia Nixon said she'd come, and Audra McDonald said she'd come. We did a Facebook group. We didn't know what we were doing. And all of a sudden, tens of thousands of people said they were going to come to this event. And so they had to shut down 6th Avenue, and all of a sudden, I got a call from the mayor's office, from Mayor Bloomberg, saying he wanted to speak at the event. And then the governor's office called and said they wanted to speak at the event as well. So all of a sudden, you know, it was the Broadway community coming together and leading the fight for marriage equality in New York State. And then we went to the National Equality March several months later. And how many people were involved in that trip? We had the largest group of people at the National Equality March um, in Washington, D.C. I think we had somewhere around 10,000 people, and we had several buses. Because so many of the people uh, who were in Broadway shows couldn't attend, Sutton Foster paid for a bus to go down so that people could go for free. And so several different shows and producers and people came together to pay for buses. So we just sent a bunch of people down to Washington, D.C., for free. And then it turned into what what do we do next? And I watched a TED talk with Eve Ensler about the vagina monologues. Something that I never thought would inspire me so much. (laughs) (laughs) I encourage everyone to just stay open to that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, But Eve is so brilliant and she made that wonderful piece of theater and They did a one-night event of it in New York City, and that inspired colleges and different organizations around the country to to do the vagina monologues and raise money for women's issues. And I realized if we could take a piece of theater and hand that script to theaters all across the country, they would know exactly what to do with it, and it would bring together people around the issue of marriage equality. So we approached the American Foundation for Equal Rights who was leading the charge to overturn Prop 8 in California and eventually did take that case to the Supreme Court. And we took the trial transcripts, and Dustin Lance Black, the Oscar winner for Milk, he edited together a play from those trial transcripts, and we put together a show called Eight and performed it in New York City and had a bunch of stars in it that we did it in Los Angeles. And... Uh, had Brad Pitt and George Clooney in it, and also me. I had like mm-hmm. ten lines, and I just stared at Brad Pitt. <laughs> lovingly. Um, my husband says that's basically why I started Broadway Impact, just to have a moment where I could just stare at Brad Pitt for an hour. But it was it was amazing because we had no idea what we were doing, and uh, we just knew that we had to do something. And it really was the Broadway community that came together and wanted a place to show up to, wanted to be directed in, in a certain way to help with the movement. And Eight, the play, is something that I will be so proud of for the rest of my life because it went on to, it was live streamed on YouTube. Google asked if they could live stream that performance with George Clooney and Brad Pitt. And that inspired over 500 different theaters all across the world to put on their own productions of eight. And we've done eight in all 50 states, in seven different countries, in four different languages, and it continues to be the theatrical version of the case for marriage equality that needs to be made 
continuously, not just in the United States, but all across the world. That's amazing. I mean, talk about talk about impact. Mm-hmm. Holy Moses! That's that's the word that comes to mind when I think of you, Rory, is lazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lizard, and selfish, yeah. selfish, lazy, lizard on a rock. <laughs> okay, well, this is what I need. I need you guys to have this conversation with my cast because when you're only on stage for ten minutes and they're working their asses off, yeah. all I do is go up and be like, "I swear, I've worked hard in my life." <laughs> no, you're just backstage eating bonbons. Rory, we love you so much. I I love all of you guys. I'm so sad that I'm not celebrating Pride with you in New York City, but I'll be holding that rainbow flag up high here in San Francisco. We love you, buddy. Thanks, Rory, so much. Love you. Uh, so Rory talking about Broadway Impact, I know that many of us uh, here have other uh, missions and uh, that are dear to our hearts. So, Andrew, I want to turn to you. I want to ask you sure. about the Honest Accomplice Theater. Sure, sure. So uh, my sister Maggie Keenan-Bolger uh, created a theater company for women and trans people to both create and produce work by women and trans people uh, that I sit on the board of. And uh, most recently, uh, they've also taken it to the Internet to create something called the Trans Literacy Project, which is an explainer series uh, to help allies of the trans community get educated. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. I was able to uh, direct some episodes, and oh. uh, they're available online. Where could we find them? Well, you can find it either typing in Trans Literacy Project just on the Google or on honestaccomplicetheater.org. I love them. I've seen them. I love You've them seen, very yeah. much. Yeah. How about you, Jen? Other organizations dear to your heart that, that... – I'm a big ACLU fan. Yeah. Um, you know, I just really believe in, in the power of them and what they're doing right now, and I think that we need to all band together as artists and, and support them and, and what's what they're really trying to do. We, we need them very much. Yeah. I actually saw a couple uh, ACLU representatives on the street right walking now. around today. And um, I'm an HRC partner as well, the Human Rights Campaign. Beautiful. Jay? Uh, Kinky Boost is just changing the world in itself. Uh, we, on tour in Worcester, Massachusetts, went to um, a high school where 70% of their students were uh, living under the poverty level and, and 12% of them were homeless. And the entire school implemented Kinky Boots into their curriculum. And everyone was using it. The math classes were figuring out shoe sizes based on equations. Um, the art classes were doing poetry and art based on shoes and they all did these poems about their lives and their stories, and their stories were, my shoes have been battered, my shoes have been this, these poems that were, I mean, I get so emotional just thinking about it. And then we did a 10 o'clock matinee for these students and other students in that area, and they also performed the finale with us, and then we did a Q&A with them. It was one of the most magical experiences I have ever had. I've got to get to one of these 10 a.m. matinees. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like that's where the really good stuff is happening. Kind of to that end, I'm interested with you guys being in the, in the status that you are as Broadway performers. Have you received a lot of feedback from young people who are affected by your ability to stand up and say, this is who I am? Um, and if so, what have some of those been that have really moved you? That for me is the best part of being out um, and deciding to come out is having people at the stage door or receiving letters from people who say you being out and being in the public eye has given me courage to come out and to be proud of who I am. That for me is the meaning of being an artist and someone who can affect change and it is every... It makes me feel so incredible and and proud and so it, it 
you know, anytime I think, oh, gosh, I was worried when I was younger to come out. And I, I couldn't be happier every time I receive somebody's thank you uh, for my courage to, to be out. And it doesn't even feel courageous anymore. It feels easy and necessary. Mm-hmm. And so that that I, I get that a lot. And it's awesome. Yeah. Andrew? Yeah. I I remember when I was thinking about coming out and it actually it coincided with that march on washington that broadway impact did i remember seeing all of those actors down there kissing their boyfriends and girlfriends and being like this this needs to happen now it's got to be something and um you know i i felt like actually when i did it 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 made my performing better too it wasn't just lifting a burden it was like a suit of armor mm. because i was suddenly comfortable and honest with myself and I encourage anyone else to do that as well. And, uh, you know, I think social media has been really great for the Broadway community. Uh, when I grew up, I could probably guess which of my favorite Broadway stars were gay. But, like, <laughs> they were essentially, while they were probably out to their friends and family, they were still in the closet. Uh, and I think now having a new generation that has grown up, knowing all these stars who are kissing and like posing with their boyfriends and girlfriends on the red carpet or at brunch it doesn't even have to be there Mm -hmm. um and saying that they are cool with who they are it i think that is also lending to the fight absolutely every day at the stage door with kinky boots uh, especially kinky boots being what it is with the message and the heart it is just wonderful and now having brendan yuri in the show bringing a new wave of of youth into the theater that are coming to see him but end up falling in love with the show because they see that it's okay to just be who you are. These unicorns that are coming into our theater and they're at the stage door and they are just happy to see just the pride that we give them. And they're all like, oh, we love seeing your confidence on stage. Just like, it's so fun. And I make a point to tell them I'm 28 and I'm still working on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. It uh, may seem easy, but it's it's an ongoing mm-hmm. thing. I have to tell you, I, I know a young man from Portland, Oregon, who um, who went to his prom and he put on a fabulous bedazzled corset and, and was he's a huge, huge Kinky Boots fan. He came to New York City and he had a Kinky Boot that he had had and it was very dear to him. And I actually was able to arrange for him to go backstage and the cast signed his Kinky oh Boot. Come on. And when I tell you the effect that that had on him, mm-hmm. it, was, it, it was something that he'll remember absolutely forever and as we talk about these stories of inclusion i think we touched on this a little bit earlier but going beyond just uh, the sexuality side of pride i think there's something very interesting in the characters that you all have played that speaks to inclusion and and breaking barriers and beverly bass for example uh jen being the first american captain and and crutchy as we were saying um being differently abled and or being a drag queen um how do those things fall into the pride pool well, it's been interesting, you know, working on um, Come From Away for the past couple of years um, and singing Me in the Sky, which is the anthem for Captain Beverly Bass, uh, telling her story about being the first female captain for American Airlines. She's also the first woman to fly the 777, which I like to say those are those huge jets. She's such well, a badass. The 777? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds big. Uh, so, you know, I as I was learning it, I thought, um, well, this is going to be exciting because Hillary's going to win, and so this is going to be an anthem. Mm-hmm. And I was thrilled about this being a triumphant anthem for women and um, since it turned out the other way um, it is still an anthem but it's about um, women breaking glass ceilings and it's about the the work that we still have to do so there's a different energy around it now Hillary 
Clinton uh, came to see the show last week uh, with Bill and Chelsea. Chelsea came and said, I want to bring my folks back. And we were like, okay. <laughs> and she totally did, like a woman of her word. Chelsea was like, I told you I was bringing my parents, and here they are. Mom and dad are here. Yeah, totally. And so um, Hillary is in the, the third row, and I'm singing this song about breaking glass ceilings to her face. Mm. Um, and it was this beautiful moment of, like, women empowerment and again the knowledge that we still have so much work to do so yes a great deal of pride and a great deal of of uh fire under my butt to make sure that we continue to to do the work yeah and using your platform on the stage to be able to do that i think that acting it's the empathy business and it allows us to consider different walks of life so i think that's why theater people are sometimes the best allies for people who are different than us because you're forced on a on a nightly occasion usually to step inside of someone else's skin and sort of consider their viewpoint on life. Jay, and also speaking to, you know, playing a drag queen, how does that fall into it? I mean, if that's a little bit more direct possibly. I mean, yes. Being... Um, and it, it it helps that also I I am a drag queen outside of the show. I've been doing drag in and out of New York City for over six years now. I've been a fan of that drag queen for <laughs> yeah. over six years in this city. And drag queens have also been a part of affecting change for years in different ways and now it's just it's coming more and more mainstream and RuPaul has helped that with RuPaul's Drag Race and but it's since Stonewall riots like drag queens have always been a part of the fight for for change like they're just people like everyone else we have feelings we have emotions and and I get a chance to tell that story through Lola skin every night, but also like I'm so connected with it that I can show a part of myself and leave a part of me on the stage for people to connect with and know that like it's okay, like we're all in this together. Yes, you can have all the feelings from a drag queen. <laughs> yes, you can. Yes. All in this together, hand in hand. Uh, that makes me think of, of kind of uh, the lives that we live beyond our, our acting on stage moments. I know, Andrew, for you, you, you are an author. Mm-hmm. Talk to us a little bit about Jack and Louisa. Oh man, it's a up a half a two. It's a series for theater kids, really. Um, it's about two kids who do musical theater together and are the original musical theater nerds. What on earth inspired this book? Come on, I know, just like really stepping out of my comfort zone or something <laughs> challenging. No, but it's truly it's the book that I wish that I had when I was growing up. Uh, to, I think it's empowering as a kid to see yourself uh, in in whatever form of media. And Jen, I can't, I mean, your life has been such a whirlwind of late with this ma- with this mammoth role and all the recognition you've gotten. What do you, what are you able to do outside of, of being on stage and doing the, the Broadway cast? <laughs> well, I, um, you know what, I haven't been doing a lot um, yeah. other than, than trying to promote the show and to be present in the, the swirl of all the awards, which was really, really fun and exciting. And I feel grateful that I'm in a show right now that uh, speaks about kindness and compassion because that is my religion and what I really believe in. So I feel grateful to to be in something that's not merely entertaining, but, but like changing lives. So it, it really feels like... A, worthy cause for me to put all my attention into as you should and you're so tremendous can i will you are you going to make an album will you make an album for us <laughs> you're so sweet i totally will i want everybody so out there sweet. to tweet us at the broadway cast and demand that jen Camilla make an album <laughs> so sweet no. to me. surely that's been talked about is it something surely it is yes and it is it's a matter of time and like i've you know i've been like well do i do all tom kitt songs or do i do jason robert brown do i do these amazing people that i, I don't know i i have to figure out i'll take i'll, I'll take suggestions 
about what the album should be. Let's figure out the concept together. I'm freaking fans. out. Tweet us at the Broadway cast. <laughs> right what, what music do you want her to sing? Okay. Well, we were talking a tiny bit on the red carpet about um, uh, going into Urban Cowboy, which was your Broadway debut. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were saying, I, which was a country-themed musical, obviously. And you're like, I had never sung country before, which blew my mind because... Right. Yes, no, and I, even growing up in South Carolina, I'd heard it, but it never, that wasn't my thing. I didn't even have a country song to audition with. I uh, used the, the, there was that from Closer Than Ever, the Maltby and Shire, the man says things, but I just was like, the man says things and needs to say. Just turned it country. Yeah. And bada bing, bada boom, you got the job. All right, friends, I know you love Broadway, and I can only imagine that if you're anything like me, you love a good vacation. So why not combine the two and take a Broadway-themed vacation with Playbill? Playbill Travel has been hosting the biggest fans of Broadway all over the world on incredible week-long cruises that get you up close and personal with the biggest stars of Broadway. I'm not joking. One night you can hear an amazing and intimate performance by, I don't know, let's say Tony Award winner and gorgeous human being Christine Ebersole. And the next morning you'll be going on an incredible excursion through Iceland with her. If you don't believe me, check out PlaybillTravel.com to take a look at Playbill's latest cruise up the Rhone River in France, where guests and Broadway stars had the time of their lives. Playbill Travel has three amazing cruises lined up between now and July of next year, so head to PlaybillTravel.com to book your soon-to-be-most-favorite vacation ever. So, my friends, one of the things we like here at the Broadway cast is the ability to have to reach out to people who are making theater happen all over the country and give them an opportunity to to tell us what they're working on. Because I think we can all agree on, to some degree, there's nothing ever quite as fun in working in the theater as when you when you show up with like-minded people and you do it for free. Mm. Uh, all you, the time. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, you just get in the sandbox yeah. and, and make it happen. So, we want to make sure we give a voice to those friends out there. So, we do have a gentleman who lives in Simi Valley, California. Uh, who is currently working on a show, and we'd like to have him tell us a little bit about it. So, Hello. Fred, is it you? It is me. Hi, Fred. It's Ben. You're on the Broadway cast. You're sitting here with the incredible Miss Jen Colella. What's up, Fred? Andrew Keenan-Bolger. Hi, Fred. And Jay Harrison G. Hi. Oh, that was so melodic. Um, So we're interested to know what you're up to out there. What are you working on, Fred? Um, right now we are in pre-production for a production of Cabaret that's opening here in September. Mm. And then we also present uh, shows from other producers throughout the year. I hear, too. I've heard rumors and stories. You've also done Rent a couple times. Is this true? We've done. I've produced and directed Rent here twice. Uh, we did Lacage here, and we did a production of Bear, a pop opera here. You did Well, this is perfect fodder for the Pride episode. Um, yeah. what's, what's your favorite of those to, to be a part of? Well, you know, Lacage was a favorite because uh, not only did I produce and direct, but I also played out band. Yes. Oh, Adam, boy, uh, you better George Clooney that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think my favorite production to direct and to bring to the stage was Bear, a pop opera, it's just because mm. it's such a powerful show and such yeah. a relevant message to today's youth. And beautiful music. If you're not familiar with Bear, a pop opera, it's mm-hmm. absolutely stunning. It really, really is great. So tell us again when the show is happening uh, and the name of your theater so everybody across the nation can know to pack their families up into cars and drive to Simi Valley yes. and inundate your theater with butts in seats. All righty. It's happening on September 9th. Opening runs for six weekends here at the Simi Valley Cultural Arts Center. Oh, yeah, that's awesome, man. Fantastic. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, I have a question for you, too, Fred. Um, how has your community responded to these types of shows that you've been attracted to and have put out there? I see Me Valley is a, is a fairly conservative area, I believe. Is that true? 
It is. Uh, it's about 125,000, and it is known as a very conservative community. But luckily, we have a city council in a city that embraced the arts and turned an old dilapidated church into a performing arts center. And we are now in our 21st year providing arts experiences year-wide or year-long. And the response to the shows was wonderful. Lacage was one of our top sellers. Hmm. Um, the the response to Bear a Pop Opera, I mean, when you have a young man of about 15 coming up and just breaking down into tears into your arms and saying how important this show was to him as he's struggling to figure out who he is. I mean, it's it's that kind of experience that you just you can't put a price on. Hmm. It's yeah, it's wonderful. And people came to rent. We did it. We ended up bringing it back for a second six-week run a year later when we first presented it. That's what I love, absolutely love about this oh. community and about about the power of the performing arts and, and, and how we affect change, which is what we've been talking about this entire time. Well, Fred, th- we wish you all the very, very best. Thank you so Sending much. Sending you love, Fred. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, keep in touch with us. Best of luck with everything. Thanks, guys. Oh, my friend. So we're going to have to wrap up here in just a moment, but I want to give a moment to each of you uh, on this Pride episode. Um, there's a lot of young people probably listening, and, and, I, and I wonder if you have any thoughts or words, not just on the Pride tip, but also uh, young performers that are aspiring or people who are working really hard to make art in their communities. And, and what is it that you've learned from being a Broadway star and personality that you'd like to impart to them. Jen Kalella. <laughs> I think the most important thing is to trust that you are enough. Uh, wherever you are right now, if you're striving to be your best self, that is exactly right. There's no dance step you should have. There's no note you should be able to hit. There's no nothing on your resume that should be there. Exactly where you are right now in your process of being a person on this planet is exactly right. And the more you can trust where you are in this moment, the easier it, it is. Yeah. Hallelujah. That's what <laughs> Amen. I have to say Hallelujah, Jen Colella. <laughs> Andrew Gina Bolger. I think you should look at the things that make you different from other people and hone in on that because I think I wasted a lot of time trying to be like performers who I idolized. Mm -hmm. And you get to the city and then you realize that like the world already has Annalie Ashford or like the world already has Nathan Lane. (laughs) But what the world does not have is you. So Mm -hmm. find what makes yourself unique and, Mm -hmm. and stick with that. Beautiful. Jay Harrison G. I feel like there's a moment we all have as children where we know exactly who we are and what it is we want out of life. And then adults and society get in the way of that and mess it up and confuse Mm us. And we are all fighting to get back to the innocence and the purity of who we were as children. Listen, I grew up in Utah. You're hitting me right in the heart. Yeah. And it's if we can remember one moment as a child where we knew exactly who we were and try our best to live in that place every day. Everything will be wonderful. Welcome to church. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to church on the road, guys. Okay, now let's be completely superficial and all about ourselves quickly yeah. and tell everybody who's listening how they can follow your exploits and be a part of all of the things that you're up to and will continue to do. I'm only I'm only on Twitter, Jen Kalel on Twitter. It's the only social media I've ever been on. I promised myself a long time ago if I was going to do social media, I would only tweet things that were positive, and I've stuck to that. So Jen Kalel on Twitter is where you can find me. Uh, you can find me Keenan Blogger on, like, Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, you can find me at J Harrison G on Instagram and Twitter. I want you all to know you've made that very easy. Yeah. Right None on. of you guys have like come up with like spooky pseudonyms <laughs> that like go on for days. Spooky, spooky you know. Um, I want to say thank you so much to our panel, J Harrison G, Andrew Keenan Bolger, and Jen Kalella. Thank you guys so much for spending some time and imparting your thoughts on Pride with us. We love you very much. Thanks, I hope brother. to see you very soon. You. Thank you for thank having you. us.
Happy Pride. And while you're out there following everybody else on social media, make sure you follow us on social media at The Broadway Cast. We want to see your pictures, hear your stories, and get your input on who you'd like to see featured on our show. Make sure you head over to Playbill.com where you can catch exclusive behind-the-scenes video footage only on Playbill.com. This is your Broadway buddy, Ben Cameron. Have a great show. That, Apparently yeah. that's my new sign-off. I like that. <laughs> that, I like that. that yeah, kind of cool. That yeah. just came. Yeah, it was organic. really good. Yeah.